hovering over the skies of a post-Christian society, we have spotted a man with a donut in one hand oh. and rosary beads in another. Child, I'm about to whoop Satan's behind. He is boldly proclaiming truth and reason like no rigid Catholic ever has before. The David L. Gray Show begins now. Welcome back in to the David L. Gray Show. Voicing truth and reason. I hope you had a great weekend. We're back here on Monday. And um, I had a great weekend. We were in London, England over the Thanksgiving holiday. We had a wonderful time. On Friday, we did the whole sightseeing thing. I posted a vlog about that, about that portion of the trip. So you can check that out if you're interested. It's on my YouTube channel only. And I hope that you're having a blessed Advent season so far. And I hope that the color purple is just like flowing all around your home. Also, if you have not subscribed to my podcast, I don't know why, <laughs> but subscribe to it. It's called the Liturgical Sense of the Readings of Mass. The Liturgical Sense of the Readings of Mass. And what I'm doing there, that I'm offering reflection on the readings of Mass for every Sunday and Holy Day in context of how those readings can be read or understood through what is going on through the liturgy. Why is that important? But the reason why that's important, because the liturgy is our high, the mass is our highest form of prayer, and the liturgy is the fulfillment of salvation history. Therefore, I believe that the liturgical lens or the liturgical sense, that is, understanding scripture through the liturgy is an extremely vital sense for the Catholics. So this is a, a method of doing theology that I've been working on for quite a while. So check out my podcast. You can find it anywhere, anywhere you get your podcast. And subscribe, please. I don't have a monologue today, but I do have a couple of videos that you guys sent me um, uh, that I want to respond to. And as typical, I have a "Hey David, great question." Another relationship question. You guys keep sending me <laughs> these relationship questions, like I'm an expert. Well, I guess I am, right? I mean, I've been married, right, civilly and then sacramentally, right? So I don't know. I'm gonna take my stab at it. And um, so, yeah, let's let's get the show started. If you were named Irene, inbox me this clip asking me what I thought about it.
Irene also wrote that what's going on here is an adoration service for charismatic Catholics. I would also add, just like from looking at the people here, that it appears to be taking place somewhere, maybe Central America, South America, maybe Puerto Rico, somewhere like that. You know, I couldn't make the, out the language clearly, but some of what's going on here does look cultural. It looks like they all know this dance and all know this song. And we all know how much Pope Francis loves the neo-liturgical enculturation, which basically means bringing the world into the mass and being completely uncritical about it. Being completely uncritical about what we bring into the mass for the world. But let us take Irene's insight here that this was some sort of Catholic charismatic adoration service. And like I said, it looks cultural to me. So let's take each one of those ideas separately. So first of all, I have no problem with the Catholic charismatic movement. I do believe that there can be space in a Catholic church for Catholics who want a more emotional or more spontaneous avenue to praise and thank God. That, that space cannot be the liturgy, but after the Mass is ended or at some other time, that's fine. As long as those Catholics also understand that whatever service they're doing is beneath the liturgy. It's a lower expression of praise and thanksgiving than what's afforded in a liturgy. Also, those Catholics, I think they should also discern whether they're, what they're doing. Are, are, are you just trying to imitate Protestants or are you trying to do something authentically Catholic? Also, I would add that if, if what is going on here is not charismatic, but merely cultural, again, we have to be critical about that as well, about what things of the world we bring into the sanctuary of God. We have to ask the critical questions. Is this thing redeemable? Is this thing compatible? Is this thing an offense to God? Is this thing an occasion for sin that we're bringing in? If it's either of those things, then we have to leave it outside of the doors of the church. So in as much as I'll accept that what's going on here could be charismatic and cultural, I reject the idea that this is adoration. It looks far too self-indulgent to be adoration of God. There are just far too many people there dancing who are adoring themselves, adoring another person, and far too many people not even looking at the monstrance for it to be adoration of Christ Jesus. Why are they not looking at the monstrance? I don't know. Maybe because the monstrance is too ugly to look at. I, I don't know. But in adorations, Catholic, we, added, we adore Christ Jesus. So my verdict here is like, whatever this is, it was a disgrace. It looks like an occasion for sin. It looks worldly. And it looks disrespectful to the real presence of Christ. But let me know what you think about it in the comments below. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, first of all, can we just return to the Roman rite uh, celebrating all of the sacraments of initiation at one time on an infant and get away from this whole first communion scheme in a white dress industry? Just 800 years ago, this was not even a thing. So that will fix that. But look, I understand why this video was solicited usual trope um, that this wouldn't happen after traditional Latin mass. And and what people please stop saying, this wouldn't happen after traditional Latin mass. Every time we see something crazy in the Norvis Order, I think we know that by now. That and, and So that, that, that doesn't have to be the refrain every time. Because not only would this not happen at the traditional Latin Mass, it would not happen in any liturgy of the Catholic Church, East or West, outside the Norvis Ordo. But to be fair to the girl, I mean, how is she supposed to know that you don't finish your meal? She might have thought that it was rude not to consume all of the body and blood of Jesus. And why wouldn't she consume all the blood? If, if she truly believes it is what she was taught in religious education class, that Inside the chalice is the true blood of Jesus. Why not drink all of it? I mean, left to her own devices, the girl was just doing what she what she felt was the right thing to do. Shame on her RE teachers and parents for, for putting father in that position where he felt like he had to take the chalice away from the girl and order her a cab home. A drunk. And look at father. He, he doesn't even know what to do. Should I take the chalice away or... Or just let her parents figure out tonight what type of drunk she's going to be. <laughs> what is she going to be? A loud drunk? A sleepy drunk? A funny drunk? A drunk that likes to fight or one who cries? How come drunk have, drunks are kind of like, like the Smurfs? Sleepy? Angry? <laughs> really, I'm just really disappointed that the girl is going to have to get her 25-year alcoholics anonymous coin when she turns 31. Hi, I'm Megan. And I've been an alcoholic since first communion. I mean, just look at a girl's face. She's white girl wasted at mass. As soon as everyone says, thanks be to God, you know the girl's going to be like, shh, shh, everyone quiet. You guys are so loud. Shh. So no, I'm, I'm not mad at this because you just have to be honest at some point. I mean, who isn't just a little bit jealous that father at the end of communion gets to finish off the rest of the chalice. But if you are mad at this video, just let me know in the comments below. All right, it's time for Hey David O'Gray. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer, just shoot me that question at david at davidlgray.info. That's my email. Or you can inbox me on my Facebook page or message me, direct message me on the Twitter. Got a question here from Lisa L. asking, Hey, David O'Gray, I've been dating my boyfriend for going on a year now. On Christmas this year, it will be a year exactly, and he hasn't yet and he has yet to introduce me to his parents. My parents love him. And he has even been on vacation with us over the summer. But his parents live in the same town as us. And he hasn't even thought about taking me to see them or going out to dinner. The last time I asked him about it, he said, He didn't know that it was important. 
but still no follow-up since. That was two months ago. Should I press the issue? Or do you think that this is a red flag and I need to walk away now? Signed, Lisa losing her mind. Thanks, Lisa, for the question. And I'll do my best here, but let me go ahead and first dismiss this whole red flag thing for you. This is not a red flag. When I think of red flags, one example comes to mind. I have a good friend named Lisa, by the way, who told me that when she was uh, planning uh, the wedding reception songs for her wedding with her former husband, and this will tell you why he's a former husband. She told me that she wanted, she told him that she wanted the song Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison to be played uh, for the first dance. And reply his re, his uh, request to that request, he asked her, "Why? Why do you want that song?" The man didn't know she had brown eyes. Red flag, <laughs> right? Uh, here's another red flag. There's a guy who you're interested in. He only calls you when he's in his car, or when he's at work, or some other offsite other than home. You you never talk to him at home. You just can't. Or when you do talk to him from home, he's always whispering, right? It's always a, a low tone, right? Red flag, right? That Those are red flags. This here is, I wouldn't say is a red, it's a, it's a flag. Not a red one. Not hot red, not cherry red, not any red family. Maybe orange, right? But I see a whole lot of yellow here. So we need to do some more digging. So to that, I'll say two things uh, that I hope helps. First, I think what women don't know about us men, not a sense, is that they don't know that we like showing things off. We show things off that we're crazy about. Let it let it be a new car, new truck, our new grill, our, our new t big 100-inch TV, whatever it is, whatever we're into, whatever we're happy about right now. We like to show it off to the public. We like to show it on social media. And I think the same principle applies, applies to women. You know that if a guy likes you, if he's into you, if he wants to be seen with you in public... If if he doesn't want to see be with you seen with you in public, it means that he he thinks that he can do better than you, and we're just keeping you around until we can figure out an upgrade. <laughs> That's what that is. Keep you around until we get the upgrade. We, we we think we can do better than you, so we don't want our friends to see you, right? We don't want to be embarrassed about you, right? We hide things that we're embarrassed about. Again, name the thing. There's a difference in a way that a man would. Um, not only treat a car or a bike or whatever he values versus something of lesser value, like a beater. He drives a good car differently than he would a beater. He dresses for that car. He takes that car on long drives a long way just to be seen. In his natural self, in our natural self, a man thinks that, that, that people judge us by the things in our life. So the people we value highly we show them the things we value highly. There's always a match there. So the questions are, does he take you out on dates in the daytime or only at night or only at his house? If he's on social media, does he post pictures of you too or accepts tags if you post the pictures? Um, who have you met in his life? Friends, siblings, his supervisor at work? Who have you met in his life that he values that? And I think that will tell you how much he values you. I think the best tell is, does he take you to Catholic mass? Which, which really then leads to my second point about this whole thing about his parents. Yes. 
It is either or. Either he, he values his parents highly and you do not match. Or there is something broken there. He does not value his parents and does not think um, that they're worth seeing you. He values you more than he values them. So rather than meet his parents at this time, I would just want you really to just do more work on learning about his relationship with his parents. So the questions here are, how often do they talk on the phone? How often does he see them? Uh, what does he talk about when he talks about his parents? What types of things does he say about the relationship? What was his upbringing like? What type of relationship do his parents have with each other? Because if, if there is something broken or off with his relationship with his parents or, or something off about their relationship with each, with each other, it may be a while before you meet them. So don't assume that their relationship is healthy, right? Don't assume there's healthy relationship there. It might be a very sick situation and that he doesn't want you judging him by the type of people his parents are. So I think your first hunch is right. Um, I've only intentionally introduced two women to my mother and I married both of them. But that was a long time before those meet and greets happened. But again, don't assume he has healthy relationship with his parents. But if he is a guy who wants to take you to Catholic mass and worship with you, I would not worry about the whole parent thing for now. Just focus on y'all's relationship. Don't have sex. <laughs> and prayerfully figure out whether... Uh, if this guy would make a good husband, a father for you and your children, he's somebody's husband may not be yours. So make sure he's a good, a good husband for you and a good father for the type of children you want to raise. Um, and th those are two distinctions. I, I can't stress enough, but that's my thoughts. I hope it helped Lisa again. Thanks for the question. But what would you do? Um, how would you have answered Lisa L's question differently? Let me know in a comment this box below. But until then, and until next time, thanks for tuning in to the David O'Grey Show. And blessings and shalom to you and to yours.